Hey everyone, welcome to Bible and Breakfast. I'm really excited to have Brad Davison on the show with us today. Uh, Brad's a senior guard for the Wisconsin men's basketball team, and uh, Wisconsin's in the middle of a, a season, obviously, and uh, he's, they're having a really good year on the brink of uh, making the NCAA tournament, making a run in the, the Big Ten tournament, and hoping to close the season out right. But uh, Brad, thank you so much for hopping on with us today. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it. So obviously, man, you can kind of tell by the, the title of our podcast, we, we love to talk about the Bible and our faith and how it relates to sports. And obviously you're, you know, you're, you're doing it, man. You're playing Division One basketball. Uh, you're doing it at a high level. And I just kind of wanted to uh, hear your story a little bit about your faith journey, you know, kind of how you, how you came to know Jesus and what, what your faith means to you. Yes, sir. Um, so I was introduced to this idea of faith and to this idea of having a relationship with Jesus when I was in high school. Um, and so I have two older sisters. They were my two best friends and my two role models growing up. Um, they actually both played basketball at the University of Northern Iowa. And so they were four and six years older than me. Um, and so when they went to college, they got heavenly involved in FCA at the University of Northern Iowa. So when they went to the college, they would send me little pieces of scripture and worship songs and little or sermons to watch. Um, and I was very interested in these little seeds that they were planting in my heart, strictly because it was something that they were doing. And whatever they were doing had to be awesome. So I was like, all right, I want a piece of this. I want to learn more about this. Um, and so that's when I was introduced to this idea of having a relationship with Jesus was through my sisters. Um, and through my high school years, I navigated kind of what that means and individually what that meant to me. And it wasn't until I went on a service trip um, my sophomore year that I actually, I think it, it clicked in my heart of what this actually means for me. Um, and so on this service trip, we went to Jamaica and we spent seven days um, at, a, at a school with three to four year olds. And as soon as you stepped on their little campus, which was just like kind of like what a one room area with about 70 kids or 70, 80 kids, they just adored you. Um, you know, you'd have a little girl on your left foot, a little, little boy on your right foot, another one around your neck, just kind of hanging on to you everywhere you went. Um, and I left that trip really, that was the first time I actually experienced this love that scripture says that God has for us. This abounding, overflowing, recklessly pursuing love that God has for all of us, all of us that he calls children of God. Um, and so when I left that trip, I just wanted to tell people about it. I had this fire in my heart that I wanted to tell people about. Um, and because in high school, being, you know, a star basketball player and a star football player, that was one thing I struggled with was knowing if people loved me for who I was or just for what I could do or what I had done or maybe what I could accomplish in the future. Um, and so actually having this experience where I experienced the way God loves us um, just turned me up, set me on fire and wanted me to pursue more and more this idea of having a relationship with Christ. I love that. It's so cool just to see, you know, see guys who a lot of a lot of guys grew up in a Christian home and they, they hear about God and they, they would call themselves Christians. But like you said, man, you had to make that relationship your own. And it's really cool to see how God used uh, your service trip to Jamaica and just seeing how, you know, those kids cling to you and how that love of Jesus can be shown. And uh, I'm really that's really cool how he worked in your heart um, with that. You know, as you, you know, you kind of you're playing at a high level of basketball. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of noise around you every day, media, fans, you know, just coaches. Um, 
what are some things that keep you grounded in your faith as you navigate, you know, all of that? I know on your, your Instagram profile, you had John 330 uh, is your, in your bio, which talks about God increasing. So I'm, and I must de- decrease. Just talk a little bit. How do you, how do you stay grounded with all this other stuff going on in your life? Two main keys, I would say. Yeah, John 330 is my favorite verse. He must become greater. I must become less. Um, got my wristband. I wear that every day. That's my go-to. Love it. Um, just as Love a good it. reminder, use it as a focal point. But I would say two main keys for me. First of all, I'm huge about my quiet time, uh, my time where I can be just present in the moment with the Lord. And my quiet time has changed throughout the years of what that looks like. But I love I love journaling. I love a few different devotionals. Um, right now, kind of what I'm doing is I love, you know, kind of going paragraph by paragraph. And I'm in James right now. And I just as if I was going to leave a Bible study, I just do like a yeah. little mini sermon or a little, little outline. Um, just make sure that I get into the word each day and spend that time. Because uh, just like any relationship, your relationship's only as strong as the amount of quality time you get with one another. Um, so my, quali- my quiet time is huge just for me to plug in and recharge and just reset my priorities um, and, you know, re-energize my purpose for that day. So one, I'd say my quiet time and getting away from basketball for a while and just being with the Lord. And my second would be surrounding myself with a support system that pours into me. And that reminds me, you know, not how good or bad I am at basketball, but reminds me of who I am as a child of God and encourages me with, um, you know, the things that lead a life of significance and not only success. Um, and so I have a lot of different people in my life, whether it's my pastor at church or AIA staff or other coaches or mentors or, you know, brothers in my Bible study that I do, a lot of different people that hold me accountable things that are so much bigger and more significant um, than just what I do on the basketball court. Yeah. You talk about having that quiet time. And obviously, man, it's a busy schedule for a college athlete at any level, just with everything going on, classes, weights, practices, games, travel. Where do you where do you find time? Are you, are you waking up early to do that? Do you do it before you go to bed? But how do you how do you make time to focus on that? I'm a morning guy. I've always been a morning guy. I get made fun of from people in my life, but I love to get up <laughs> early because that's how I want to start my day. Um, you know, I'm the best version of myself and God works through me more when I get up in the morning and I have that time to reset and recharge. I kind of like you look at yourself as an iPhone, you know, when your phone's fully charged, it's going to work better. But when you're running the whole day on E, uh, just like a car, it's not going to not going to drive as well. Um, so I'm a morning guy. It works for me. Everyone's different. So you just kind of got to find the time where, um, you know, it works for you. Definitely. And as you kind of, you know, you wake up, you do that, you guys have practice. You're obviously one of one of many leaders on your team. But how do you take and this doesn't necessarily need to be just strictly faith based. But when you take your leadership skills to your team every single day, I guess, how does that quiet time ultimately affect your mindset going in every day? to be the leader you need to be for your team. Absolutely. You know, I think the greatest part or one of the greatest aspects of a leader is the sense of identity. Um, they got to be comfortable who they are and confident in who they are in order to lead other people. And actually one of the things we talked about tonight in our Bible study is that a true leader is someone that ultimately understands that there's a greater leader that they follow. Um, and so that's something that my quiet time does for me is it reminds me that I'm, I'm a follower, that I'm following somebody much greater than me. Um, and so that when I do get the opportunity to lead others, that's ultimately who I'm leading them to. Yes, leading them to 
hopefully win games and play well and develop relationships, but there's also a greater purpose to what you're leading people towards. Um, but I'd say one, another thing about just leadership and basketball and faith and combined is one thing with faith is that what we're commanded to do is to love, is to love our neighbor, is to love the people around us, to love the way that God loves us. Um, and so when I go into practice or go into a game in the locker room, I'm just trying to love on my teammates, you know, whether that's encourage them, stay positive with them, or sometimes that means have tough conversations and show them tough love. Um, so just trying to always lead with love and keeping a, um, you know, a servant, servanthood uh, mindset as you go into the day. Yeah, man, I think that's so huge, that that, that love where you, you know, because I think so many guys, especially college kids, when they come into – you know, to a college program or they're, they, especially when they come to the freshman, they might be really, really nervous to lead and they don't know what leadership looks like. And it may be a young team and they have to step up in that role, but just being there for people, loving on them, encouraging them, man, I think that's so powerful. Um, I guess, is there a, do you have any, any specific maybe kind of examples where you maybe went into a situation where you were like, man, I don't know how I should handle this. I don't know maybe if I should handle this, but where you just went in leading with encouragement and kind of what was said and how that looked. It happens every day, (laughs) every day. um, You know, you feel like you're not maybe equipped or maybe not the right person, or you don't have the words to say. Um, One practice that I do is I just, before I enter into a tough conversation or maybe into a situation that I feel like I'm not prepared for, um, I just take some moments to myself and take a couple of deep breaths. Um, And when I, take a couple deep breaths to me I think it kind of that spiritual stillness resets me and reminds me that I'm not I'm not in it alone I'm not going uh, I'm not going into this moment ill-equipped or unequipped ultimately I have so much power within me you know I have the power that raised Christ from the dead within me and when you remind yourself of that you know that you can have tough conversations and that you can go be an encouragement even maybe when you're not playing well or things aren't going your way um, and I'm far from perfect from it, but I, I try my best, um, whether it's in practice or games, just to always, when you don't know what to say, you can always, you know, put your arm around someone. You can always, you know, tap them and get their chin up, things like that. Um, so I don't know if I have one example because there's so many, when I, so many examples like that. Yeah, I kind of put you on the spot with that. I was like, man, that's probably really bad. <laughs> that's a bad, bad question by the, by the interviewer uh, here. But, uh, but no, man, I think that, you know, I, I've always talked about this idea of truth and grace. And, you you know, when you have those tough conversations, obviously there's an aspect of truth you have to share and where you have to let them know the facts and know where, where the accountability comes in. But there's also an aspect of grace, which includes that love and encouragement. And I think when you find that balance and, you know, each of your teammates, I'm sure, responds differently to all that. But uh, that's so powerful. Um, you know, obviously you've been you've been playing. This is your fourth year in the program. And, you know, as a veteran player, someone who's, you know, in my mind, when I watch you guys play, you're very consistent. How do you what advice would you give to a younger player uh, at the college level of how to be consistent? You know, it's a long season right now. We're getting in the dog days tournament time's coming, but it, it gets tough. Your body hurts and, and your men, mentality's t- uh, wearing on you, but what advice would you give a younger player? My greatest advice would be to value the things that you can control. Um, and so the things that you can't necessarily always control are making shots or, you know, how much you play or what the referees do or what your coach maybe says or what an opponent says. All those things 
you can't necessarily control. And so if you find your value in all those kind of materialistic things or things that are bleeding, ultimately your play might not be as consistent as you like, but just who you are and your attitude is going to be inconsistent because you're allowing your value and your attitude to be dictated by things that you don't control. And so I would say value what you can control as in you can value your effort. You can value how you communicate. You can value how you're acting on the sidelines or in a timeout. You can value diving on the floor. You can value, you know, taking charges, these little intangible things that ultimately you can control. And so if you're, if you're finding value in things you control, you can be consistent in your character and consistent in your leadership and consistent in, you know, your attitude. Um, and again, this is a, this has been a four year struggle for me of trying to, to, to see my value in those things because the world, the world puts your value on all sorts of things that you can't control. Um, and so trying to keep the perspective of remembering who you are, remembering what you should value uh, keeps you consistent as a teammate and as a, you know, a, a child of God, a follower of Christ, you know, might not, might not, you might not consistently score as many points as you want, but you'll consistently be there when your team needs you. Yeah, that's big time, man. That that advice is big time, and I think it is so powerful, man. Control the things you can control. You can't always control your circumstances, but you can always control how you respond to them. And I think that's that's huge. And you do, you, in my opinion, you exemplify that from what I see just on TV on the court. Um, and that's really cool, man. What um what's been your favorite moment so far as a Badger player? Man. I know there's been a lot of them, and ho- hopefully your, yeah, your most been, favorite ones still still to come. But that's always the goal. You always want to keep your best in front of you. Um, <laughs> man, it's hard to beat. Last year we won, we won the Big Ten championship, and we were at Indiana, and it was we were down by nine with like six minutes to go, and we strung a few stops together, made a couple big buckets, hit some key shots, made a couple big free throws down the stretch, and we secured our you know number one seed for the Big Ten tournament in the regular season. Big Ten title, and you know that was the you know the cherry on top to a really roller coaster of a year that started in the summer when one of our assistant coaches got in a tragic ass accident, and then there was all sorts of different adversity that we faced throughout that year and ups and downs, and I like to call them hills and valleys. So to have that moment, following all those turn of events, you know, jumping up and down, pouring water on coach, dancing in the huddle, holding the trophy, coming back to Madison to celebrate. Uh, I would say that that um, that moment's tough to beat, but I'm hoping we can find a way to beat it. <laughs> no doubt, man. Yeah, last year was definitely a special season for you guys, and I know, man, you, you guys. It seemed like every other day there was something going on, and and just uh, adversity every which way. But you guys found a way to rise above it, and it was really cool to watch. So uh, that's really cool. Last question for you: uh, When you're not playing basketball, uh, what what are your favorite hobbies? Well, if it's nice outside, my two favorite hobbies are to golf and to fish. Um, and so in the summer, I am working out, like shooting, doing basketball workouts and, lift, and lifting. But after that, I have a tea time somewhere and I'm getting out with my buddies. I'm getting out with my dad, my teammates, whoever it may be. I love to golf. Um, and so that's definitely up there. But then my favorite thing to do is to go fishing. Um, and so I have a cabin up north, right on the border of Minnesota and Canada on Ring Lake. And we go fishing walleyes all the time um that's that's my happy place my cabin's my happy place i call it heaven on earth um and so golfing and fishing uh, one cool story from the summer is that we actually um since it was covid and we weren't allowed to be in madison for a long time because mm-hmm. of 
LL stuff, sorts of stuff going on. Every Saturday, my parents and I would take our boat to a different lake around the local area, and we would uh, just go walleye hunting and see how many walleyes awesome. we could catch. And that was super, super fun. And they bring the boat here to Madison, and we go fishing on Mendota and do really well. So fishing and golf are my two favorite hobbies outside of basketball, for sure. I love it, man. Well, if you ever come down to Florida, we got a lot of good golfing and a lot of good fishing down here. And I'll definitely, I'll definitely go play 18 with you anytime. So we're definitely down for that. But absolutely, we're actually uh, we're coming down to Florida whenever our year's over. I'll be down there. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, we'll have to connect. That'd be awesome. But uh, Brad, thank you so much for uh, for taking some time with us tonight, and uh, best of luck as you guys finish up the season. I know you guys are are busy, and you got a big game coming up here this weekend. Uh, but but keep playing hard, man. Keep glorifying God with all you do. It's it's a, a joy to watch you play, and uh, thanks for taking time with us. Awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate you, Andrew.